All right, are you ready for a treat? Tonight we have my friend Shane Manny here with us from Five Stones, and he's going to tell us all about what that means and all of that. Uh, many of you have probably had the opportunity to meet him over the last couple of months, and, but I wanted to just say a little bit before I bring him up that, you know, there is, uh, when I first met him was because Sky Barkley was uh, here and he was spending some time up there with Shane and then he came down here and spoke here and so when he spoke here, Shane and uh, some of his crew showed up and um, immediately I recognized something about him. And I recognized a David, someone who's a man of God, a friend of God, and also someone who knows how to fight. And, and I mean more than just the physical sense of the word fight. It takes a certain strength on the inside, right, to be able to stand and, and be, the, be the soldier. And so um, tonight, I want you to open your ears to what the Lord's going to show you. And um, he's going to show us about their ministry as well as bring word to you. So, so don't think you're just seeing a presentation, but hear what's coming through that from the Word of God into your spirit and stay open to what the Lord would have you do with it. Because maybe one of his greatest partners is sitting here tonight and doesn't even know it yet, right? So, so be open to what the Lord's going to uh, show you. Yeah. All right, Shane, would you come? Father, I thank you for our brother and for sending him here with us tonight. Lord, I just ask that your anointing fill him every, every word, Father, that your anointing be on it and that you open eyes and ears, that you, the revealer, reveal your truth and what you would do tonight in Jesus' name and amen. amen. Again, my name is Shane Manny, um, and uh, the idea of Five Stones Fight Club, right, um, What's the number one dynamic that's missing in the church today? What's the number one group that's missing in the church today? I hope not. <laughs> um, 18 to 35-year-old males, number one that's missing in the church today. That 18 to 35-year-old male is the number one group that is not showing up at churches today. And, uh, and so... We, we started this whole idea like, well, how do we, how do we reach them? You know, I mean... Uh, and. The hard part was, was what do you do? You have a men's ministry. I mean, that, that's, that's great, and there's time for that. Um, but typically what happens is it always turns into some sort of sit down around a table and, and chat, and, and that's good. That needs to happen. That's, that's a progress point. Does that make sense? But there, the touch point is hard. As somebody who's 18 to 35 years old might not, maybe in their unchurched, might not walk in and be like, man, this is totally what I need, Right? But, and if you say, yo, well, you should come to church with me, or you should come to a Bible study with me, the first thing that you're going to get is, well, yeah, I, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. But if I say, yo, you need to come and punch me in the face, <laughs> right? Some of, you like, well, some of you guys would be like, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but for the most part, it's, it kind of it drops the initial shock, right? If I say, hey, you want to go to the gym? Let's go work out. Yeah, Absolutely. Right, and then so what we've learned is that there's we have five stones. Why do we call it five stones? David and Goliath, right? So why did David pick up five stones? Because if he knew he was going to kill one, he'd have to kill them all, right? And it, he was in it for the long haul. So it wasn't just the immediate; it was 
This is, this is going to cause a chain of reaction, and I've got to be in this for the long haul. And so, so the first thing, what we do, right? There's five things that we try to establish. If we don't know who we are in Christ, right? <laughs> there's a lot of problems with that. One is you don't understand that you've, created, that you've been created for a purpose, right? If you don't have an identity, we have a lot of guys that come through the door, and the first thing they're trying to do is they're seeking validity, right? They come in, and they want to be a fighter. That's what they, that's, they, they think that's who they are, right? They want to come through the door, and, and, and some guys will get in, they'll mix it up, but typically, if it's for validity, they don't stay long because there's always somebody better. So they're in, you know, if they're trying to prove themselves to, to themselves... I mean, there's times when we have kids in there that can outbox a lot of adults. And nothing will kill an ego faster than a 16-year-old kid touching your face a couple times when you can't seem to either cover up or touch him, right? Um, but so if, if, the, if the identity is built solely in that, in the idea of what I can be, that, this shuts it down. There's humility involved, right? So the identity... Who you are in Christ. Purpose. Once you find out who you are in Christ, you realize that there is a purpose. God created you for a reason. Right? Glorification of him. So, okay, that's great. What does that mean? Well, we all have a calling. Your talents, your gifts, your ability, your spiritual gifts that you get upon understanding and, and submitting to Christ. After you figure out your calling, you need to get equipped and trained. Right? You don't just step on the mission field and be like, I got this. Some people can. But this, right? That, that's the sword you need to be swinging. All right? So equipping and training, preparing for battle. Lastly, when, once you're equipped and trained, once you know who you are, you know that why you exist, you've been tra properly trained and equipped, it is now time to go on mission. So for the identity, right, we try to establish rapport. And when this happens, as soon as they walk through the door, right, it's funny because a lot of times the fighters will say, well, I'm like, well, if I invite them to come to church, they're like, I don't want to be judged. I'm like, you don't want to be judged. And they're like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm afraid somebody's going to judge me. I'm like, you're afraid, some, you're afraid someone's going to think something, but you're not afraid to get into a cage with somebody and bang it out for, you know, Couple rounds. You're you're afraid of you're not afraid of fists, but you're afraid of feelings. I'm like, okay. So so we kind of establish that rapport. We build that relationship, and then through that relationship, imagine that it's not a religion; it's a relationship, right? Through that relationship, we get to share the gospel of Jesus. And it hap it's, happens in such a weird way because it, and it happens all the time. Practice is going on. Guys are sparring. Guys are training. And next thing you know, you see them sitting in a corner. And it's after everything is completely spent, after they're completely done, they're totally exhausted, and then the conversation happens. I, I don't, and normally, it's not even our guys trying to drive that conversation. It's usually like, man, I'm struggling. And you're like, and here we go. <laughs> you know. So thank you, Lord. So purpose, right? We call this relational discipleship. Okay? Talk about daily life. We ask them to do daily life with us. Hey, come to the gym with us, right? We work out with you. We train. You know that in Exodus chapter 15, verse 3, says, The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. 
We know he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that still has not changed. We need to understand that our discipleship, our training, is not just the idea of, and hear me, grace is important. Love is important. But there's time to dig your heels in, and there's a time to fight. Physically and spiritually. You know, I can tell somebody, be well, be fed, right? But if I've done nothing for them, what have I done? Nothing. So, daily life, we get their training and we get them plugged into a church. The goal is not for us to be their church, right? It's for us to be their church. Does that make sense? Calling. <laughs> and there is a spectrum, right? Talents, gifts, abilities. Everybody does everything. Everybody has their own thing, their own niche, right? And some people are, are drawn to this ministry, and all of a sudden they're like, man, I had no idea. Or you're like, man, that dude is, he's tearing it up. And it gives him a platform. That he, and he will reach someone that one of us here won't. I can remember, uh, I'll give a quick, quick short story. Um, our first cage fight we went to, we, they had a submission grappling tournament uh, that night, that, the morning, and then a cage fight that night. We had 11 guys go to the tournament and, and compete, and we had two guys fighting in the cage that night. And, and the, at the tournament, out of the 11 guys, we had 13 top three finishes in our first thing. We had two guys fighting two divisions, and they all placed top three on each of the divisions. So people were like, what in the world is five stones? Right? So... People would come up and ask us, what's five stones? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, and we'd be like, we are, and, and we are a sports ministry. Let me tell you about Jesus. And people at first were like, oh, here we go. And we always laughed because we said we struggled. In the beginning, we struggled with validity on two fronts. Sometimes the churches would look at us and say, there's no way they are good Christians. Look at them. They're out there fighting. And then the fight world will be like, they can't be good fighters, they're Christians. <laughs> Which was awesome because I'm like, have you read your Bible? Apparently not, either one, right? So, so we use our training as not just in discipleship, but we do some medical stuff and some technical training, some coaching stuff. We linked up with uh, a group called CRI, which was a connection that uh, Pastor hooked us up with, and uh, we did some training with those guys, and it's been an awesome relationship. That's still growing. You'll hear more about that later, but the technical training gives us an opportunity to teach, and when you teach, they listen to what you say, right? So it gives you a platform. It gives you a, a, a uh, there's an automatic respect that it already comes with that, so if they understand they're being taught, they will listen to you, and they hang on to your words, and the cool thing is, is that can also come back. It always comes back to why we do what we do. On mission, we have three different, play, three different ways to get on mission. So, so typically, right? Not typically. I hope it's not typically. A lot of times, people will come, they'll get saved. They'll have an encounter with God, and they're like, man, I am on fire for God. And they'll come, and they'll plant their, their butt in a pew or in a seat. And they're like, this is, I've made it. No, dude. <laughs> it's just begun. <laughs> like, this is, this, this is not it. This is not the goal, right? On mission is the goal. So we give three opportunities. We deal a lot with people in addiction. Um, we deal a lot with people out of prison. Um, so, and a lot of, those, a lot of those, those people 
struggle sometimes with, will somebody accept me? Will I fit in? You know, I'm kind of rough around the edges and we're like, absolutely bring it. So they get plugged in and this gives them an opportunity. The first one we have, is, we call it a war room. That's our Bible study. We don't call it a Bible study, we call it a war room. Um, again, if I said to you, yo, come to the Bible study, and you've never been church, you'd be like, uh, what's a war room? Well, time to do battle, brother, right? So people are like, okay, yeah, let's go check this out. It's not a bait and switch. It is not a bait and switch, because what happens is, when they get there, they're like, who are these people? Because they all look the same, meaning they're all, like, usually jack dudes, and tatted up, and mean mugging everybody, not because they're mad, that's just the way they look, and so, and people sometimes walk in, they're like, some people walk in and be like, whoa, you know, or they walk in and be like, I'm home, <laughs> right, and so the cool thing is, is as the churches begin to get involved, they realize, wow, this is actually, that's just, he's not mad at me, he doesn't even know me, matter of fact, that's happy face, that's his happy face, right, <laughs> so like, I can go talk to him, and then there's, and it's, it's an awesome, awesome thing. Um, we had an opportunity to, to go to one of the churches in Palmyra, and we took some of the guys up there, and there's a couple of little old ladies that come over, and they pray for everybody, which is so awesome, right? And they will be the first, first people, they're in my beeline, right? Right to the meanest looking dude, and be like, I'm going to pray for you. And sometimes they're like, like... They don't know what to do, but it's, it's awesome. And they, the, the see that connection, it's phenomenal. So on mission, local, war room, right, and the gym. That's our first mission point. That's our first touch point here in, in, in uh, PA. Regional is with EMR stuff, medical disaster relief. We're, we're just starting a disaster, a disaster relief program, like as in like, what, a month ago? Um, we literally just bought a Humvee. Um, true story. And... Uh, the goal is to get a couple of Humvees and uh, an ambulance and a rescue truck, an older model rescue truck, and retrofit them with grills and coolers so then when there's a natural disaster, we can roll down with the convoy and feed the, the uh, first responders and people that need, we can just keep food going 24-7, we just keep rock and rolling until we need the resupply and come back out. So that's going to be our local stuff, our regional thing, right? Um, but then we have our international and Five Stones, uh, Kurdistan. We've, we've been to Kurdistan, which also, you know, another thing, I found out when I came to church here, let me tell you. How, so first, I heard about this church by Jimmy. Jimmy says, you got to come to church. And I'm like, I, I'd love to come to your church. So I'm like, well, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. And then Sky comes up and he hangs out and he's like, yo, I'm speaking to church. You got to come to church. I'm like, yeah, I'll come with you. Right. So. That Wednesday, we rolled down here, and it's the same church that Jimmy was telling me about like three months ago. And I'm like, what's, what's the coincidence of that? I mean, obviously, there is no coincidence in life, right? So I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then I find out, I walk up the steps, and on the thing is a picture of uh, Grady Pickett and his family. And I'm like, I know those guys from Kurdistan. Like, I've been to their church. Uh, you know, so I'm like, what? How did God's doing something here, right? So, uh, so then I find out, like, a couple of people here have been to Kurdistan, and you got like missionaries of Kurdistan, and, and I'm like, this is, this is a cool place. We'll hang out here. <laughs> so, uh, so our international mission work, we do our own stuff. We have our own stuff rolling. Um, we do Free Burma Rangers. We work with those guys. That's how I got linked up with Sky originally. Um, Sky and I have never been on a mission together, but uh, it's funny because like I would leave, and he would show up like the day after or vice versa. Um, so we'd always kind of miss each other, and we'd talk on the phone 
but we never linked up until he came to the house and, and we did a, a war room here. And CRI is our newest uh, connection, and that will be also regional and international in the future. So, Fight Club, right? We do fight. We do send people to cage fights. We do send people to MMA events, uh, stuff like that. We talked a little bit about it. The, the touch point, again, is that 18 to 35-year-old male. That doesn't mean that that's the only people that come to the gym. That's definitely not the only people that come to the war room either. Um, so, let me turn the scripture real quick. First Corinthians chapter 9, 26. Do you not know that runners in a race, in a stadium, all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Not now. Everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it to receive a crown that will fade away, but we a crown that will never fade away. Therefore, I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like someone who beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. This, this is life. It is an opportunity for those who would never set foot to, to apply this. When people who don't know Christ hear that, they're like, oh yeah. Like they're thinking right off the bat, you know, Paul does an awesome job because he goes right to the athletes. He's like, yo, because I tell you what, you get athletes involved in ministry, they don't like to lose. Now, that means they will train like a madman and give it their all on the field to include the mission field. You've, if we can cultivate that heart, guys who need a mission, that guy kneeling in the front and the left, on my left, you probably you're right, no, he's left, okay. Um, that's Pastor Puzz. He is actually, a, he became a pastor. Um, so there's, pastors do fight, and praise God they do. Um, yeah, and it's no shock for you, I know that, and I know him, so it's, yeah. So, so these are, these are some, just some photos I want to blow through here as we work through this whole ordeal. Um, the guy standing next to the ugly guy in the middle with his fist like this at the green thing, his name's Ebo Elder, also a pastor. Ebo Elder was number four ranked boxer in the world at one point. So this is what it's about. This is our war room. The gym is kind of that, like I said, that gateway, right? We open the doors for people to come in. And it's, it's, it's funny because for some people, like, man, I don't want to walk into a fight gym. It can be, it, and it can be intimidating, right? Especially if that's not your world. But if, if you're a fighter, the church world is intimidating or can be. Or you're just like, it's a total waste of time, right? So with the War Room, it's a community outreach, right? We provide free meal, a free meal, a time of worship, uh, some testimonies, baptism, and prayer. Listen, so we had, a guys, we had two guys come in. And they're like, we want to do a documentary with the local fighters. We're like, praise God, let's do that. And so he's like, we're going to interview a bunch of these guys, and we're going to put this thing together. We're going to do a bunch of different gyms. I'm like, okay, cool. So about 20 minutes later, they come back, and they're like, I don't get it. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, none of your guys know anything about like, any professional fighters. I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, who's your professional fighter you follow? And I'm like, I don't follow any of them. <laughs> so and they're like, I thought this was an MMA gym. I'm like, well, it is. 
And they're like, but you guys don't watch like UFC or anything like that? I'm like, I mean, some guys do, but like, it's not like, that's not what it's about. And they're like, I don't understand. So, so that was my cue, right? So I lead into this whole thing. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> so we go through this whole ordeal. And I say, listen, you need to come back tonight. It was, a, it was a Thursday night. You need to come back tonight. Come get something to eat. Bring your family. Okay, no problem. That night, um, Gary, put your hand up. This guy, Gary, um, he's, one of our, he's one of our coaches, one of our fighters. Um, Gary was able to baptize uh, a gentleman named Chris. Chris was suicidal when he reached out to Gary. And Gary was able to pray for him. The guy got saved. And, um, I mean, so here he gives his testimony. So these guys come back that night, and they, they come back in. Before this whole thing started, they get cameras set up, and they're like, hey, so um, we've been thinking, we, we don't really understand this whole thing, but, like, we, they're like, <laughs> their words were, you're sitting on a gold mine. And I'm like, sitting on a gold mine? And he goes, can, can we just do a documentary on this? And I'm like, sure. So they're like, they're like we're not religious. I'm like, sweet, either are we. And, uh, and, uh, and, of course, he didn't really understand that, but he's like, whatever. Okay, so he sets up his camera, and uh, his wife and his kids are there and stuff, and um, <laughs> I'm going to cry, sorry. And uh, this guy gives his testimony, and Decky baptiz- baptizes him. And uh, so we were like, you know, <laughs> does anybody want to come up for prayer? Well, so... This guy's wife comes snotting and bawling down to the front, and he doesn't know what's going on. He's like, like he's kind of angry because he doesn't know why his wife is crying. So we, she gets saved, and and now we look back at him. We're like, you're next. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if he ever came to Christ. He did. So he did come to church with us for a while. Then the COVID thing hit, and then uh, then he just stopped you know, stop showing up. But uh, so we need to pray for his name's Jeremy. Write that down. His name's Jeremy. Pray for Jeremy. So, but his wife was like, she, and I mean, I think it was, you prayed for her, didn't you? Uh, so it was just, I, I, it, it shocked me because it was like, it wasn't even, look, intensity, right? That's the heart of a warrior. There's no, there's no in-between. They're all in. And typically, those that either are married to a warrior or know, have that warrior culture, that warrior ethos that they live with, right? they understand because they've seen it happen. There is no in-between. It's all in or there's nothing. It's all or nothing. Right? When they get saved and Christ grabs their heart and radically changes them, Look at the Apostle Paul, right? David. David's called a man after God's own heart, right? He was human like the rest of us, right? He struggled. But he knew, he knew God. He loved God. And he did his best to serve him. Now he screwed up sometimes, right? We know that. But a man after God's own heart. He was a warrior, right? This is how this whole thing started. It started small. Let me tell you about how the war room started. War room started when we had five guys. I went to Burma with FBR, and I got to see some crazy stuff there. God just doing some awesome miracles 
opening up doors that, that I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole other time. But um, while I was away, oh, I come back, and I got to give my testimony. So I can start sharing my testimony at this place. And uh, so while I was giving my testimony, they had to, the first, we didn't even call it a war room. They just called it a Bible study. It was five guys got together. And uh, I'm going to tell your story. Is that okay? All right. So, put them on a spot. I do it anyways. But I, you're good. So, uh, um, so these guys get together and they start start off with prayer, right? They usually read scripture and then we discuss it. Well, before the whole thing starts, guy Patrick's like, "Hold up." He's like, "I, I got. I feel like somebody's got something with something. Got to go with their dad. Something, something's not right with their dad." And uh, and Decky just starts bawling. Decky doesn't cry. He just, he loses it. And so Decky shares about, you know, for, you know, 30 some years, he's been struggling with like basically PTSD. Um, abused as a child, woke up, he'd wake up punching the floor, punching the, the wall um, as if he was killing his dad. And he's like, I, he's on antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, like all of this, like he's like, I can't, I, it's, been, it's been horrible and this, this is where I'm at right now. So they laid hands on him, they prayed for him. Decky did a little whoa and he's like, I got to go. He runs outside and he throws up all over the parking lot. Um, demon had to get out somehow. Yeah. Right? And uh, he comes back in. He's like, I feel amazing. So we're like, praise God. Everybody's like, praise God, right? So they're like, all right, well, let's start. And, he's like, and Patrick says, hold up. He points this other guy. He's like, you got something. And this guy's like, this guy Mike. Mike's like, well, you know, he, he him hauls around, and he's like, nope, nope. And he goes, when I was ten, he goes, yes. Tell me when you were ten. When I was ten years old, I was diagnosed with rare retinal eye disease. And see, in the rare retinal eye disease, um, there's nothing they could do to fix it. I'm gonna be blind by the time I'm 25. He was 24 at the time, and he was lost his driver's license. He was gonna join the Marine Corps. Um, couldn't do that. Walks around like like has a handout so he doesn't bump into things in the gym, like he can see shadows and that's pretty much it. And he's telling, he's, going, he's trying to get into detail and uh, Patrick just like interrupts him and is like, I don't know what to tell you, man, but God told me you're gonna be healed. So he lays his hands on him and he prays for him right there. So they all, all the guys gather around, lay hands, they start praying. And uh, so nothing happened, right? And he's like, I'm telling you, God told me it's gonna happen. So I get a phone call afterwards. They're like, yo, Patrick's crazy. And I'm like, well, why? And he's like, well, first, like, Decky, like, threw up. And then, and, and then he's telling Mike he's not going to be blind. And I'm like, well, if God told him that, who are you to say he didn't? Like, I'm like, let's pray. Let's, pray, let's believe it. Like, I, I, I kind of, let's, let's pray. So that was a Thursday. <laughs> Friday goes by. Weekend goes by. Monday morning. My phone is ringing off the hook like crazy. And I'm like, I got like 15 missed calls, and it's all from guys from Five Stones. And I'm like, great, somebody got hurt. Here we go. So finally, I get a hold of um, this guy, Sean, and I pick up, and I say, hey, what's up? And he goes, are you sitting down? And I'm like, yeah, why, what's up? He says, well, remember I told you what happened? And, and he prayed, and, and Decky ran outside, and then he prayed on... On, on Mike, and, and he said he was going to be healed, right? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, so Mike just got a phone call from a guy in London, from a doctor in London. They've been looking for Mike for the last six months. He said, 
there's only four places in the world that do this experimental treatment. And they've had 100% success rate to this point. He said, the only, the only issue is that this, the, the retinal disease has to affect one of three genes in his eye for this to, to work. And, and, I, and I'm like, yeah? And he says, it's one of the genes that's affected by Mike. He's a perfect candidate. He told me he's going to see like he's 10 again. I said, what? He's like, yeah, I'm like, well, praise God. He goes, yeah, they're going to pay for everything. It's free. I'm like, yeah, praise God, right? So Mike had his first surgery um, this last year, right before COVID hit, and he's doing better. He's actually going to school now at Lancaster Bible College. Um, so he's waiting for his second to come through. Um, but yeah, it's a process, but it does take time, but it's, they've had 100% success rate at this point. So I, I think it's just a prayer thing, man. You just got to keep praying on it. So after that, Patrick goes, uh, we got to talk. I'm like, okay. He's like, so like the next week we get together, Ducky comes down, Mike comes down. Mike's all smiling, of course. He's grinning ear to ear. He's like, he's like, this is the first time that somebody gave a word like that that I actually believed. And I was like, imagine that. And Ducky says, I got to tell you, it's been a week. I've had a single nightmare. And, and then he's like, I haven't taken any anxiety or anti-depression meds since. And you're still, still today, to this day. How long ago was that? Almost three years. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. When God heals, he heals all the way. So we're like, he's like, Patrick says, now listen. God told me something, and I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> we got to get ready. I said, we got to get ready. What do we got to get ready for? And he goes, this is going to get big. We're like, wait, how big? <laughs> like, are we talking big, like 10 people big, like double big, or are we talking like, what are we talking big here? You know, <laughs> so, because we're starting to get scared, right? Or like, like this is, okay. So this, the first one, five guys. There's a second one, five to 36. The next one was 36. After that, was in the 60s. After that, there's Decky getting baptized. That's Patrick, by the way, standing behind Decky. And let me tell you, Patrick, I love Patrick, but he's a goofy, he is a goofy dude. He's just an awkward dude. Um, like, he's the guy that, like, he hug, and that's what he does when he hugs you. It's just weird. I'm like, bro. But, but Patrick was part of a long-range reconnaissance team. Like, he was part of a Lurse team. Like, the guy's, like, a hardened dude. Like, he's not, but, like, when he, when he pray, every time you see him, he's just. <laughs> I, so, I, joy of the Lord, I guess, right? So, yeah, so there's how our numbers went. Boom, boom, boom. Our last one, we had over 200. Now. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They did in social distance. Uh, praising God and enjoying the favor of, the, of, of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Guys, I got to tell you, you guys are a huge encouragement just to me. Um, in the world where like 8 out of 10 churches are still shut or are closing or are c- contemplating closing and you guys are blazing ahead, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom, right? Yeah. Amen. So through this, what does our fight, Jim, have to do with 
Iraq and Kurdistan and these other crazy places. So we talked earlier, identity, purpose, calling, training, and on mission. You're not saved just for you to be saved. It don't end there. Right? You're saved to engage. Right? So we've been able to use the gym as our sending agency, if you will. We've taken, <clears throat> we've been able through, and, and let me tell you where we're at right now. So we're getting ready to complete a 10,000 square foot facility in Anvil. Um, I am not a businessman. I am, I don't do a whole lot of stuff very well, <laughs> put it that way. That's why I married my wife. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, the one thing I've tried to do is I try to listen to what God tells me to do. And I don't always get it right. But I know that God has a heart for the warrior. And we need to have the heart for the lost. Because their fight, their giants that they're trying to slay, come in, come in many different forms. Addiction, right? Abuse. Loneliness, isolation. There is a ton of different things that people fight every single day and we have no clue. And some of the hardest fought battles are fought in silence and alone. We need to make sure that we as a church, church global, right, are engaging on, them, on those fronts. So we said, well, what do we do? We, we, let's, let's give back. We got to find a way to give back, right? So a lot of our guys that come in have that warrior spirit, that warrior heart. They, they need... They need something they get rammy right that's why they get in a cage right we always say nothing says love like a punch in the face right but i mean think about that guys get in a cage they'll bang it out and then at the end they're like hey good job and they hug each other like hey you caught me or whatever you know good job congratulations right and they'll do it again the next day that iron sharpens iron right it's a weird thing and got, girls do it too don't i'm not saying this when i say guys i'm talking about like i, I our whole gym we have female fighters as well um, matter of fact, we have a Golden Globe champion. Um, but we use the gym as our sending point for our missions overseas. Some of the stuff we get, we've, that God has opened up crazy doors to, through, we talked with FBR, right? That was my first trip with, for uh, Freebrum Rangers. And through that, God did some things in my heart. I used to have a lot of hate in my heart. I've, I fought in Iraq in 03. And... Uh, I just, I had like, like, uh, I don't know, I, I'll say, I, I didn't like, I didn't like Muslims, right? I like, I'm like, I just, I didn't trust them, I didn't like them. So, I go to Burma, and what does God do? He puts me in the same room as a roommate with a Muslim. Praise God. He is one of my best friends to this day. His name is Muhammad. Uh, you've seen, you guys seen the FBR movie? So Muhammad, the guy who was shot six times or eight times, that's who I met in Burma. And he says, brother, when do you come to my country? I'm like, I've been to your country, man. 
And he's like, no, no, no. When do you come to my country? I'm like, all right. So I'm like, well, let me pray about it, right? Cop out, right? Let me pray about it. So then I get a text at 3 in the morning. Uh, a messenger thing pops up. And, uh, yeah, I'm that weird guy that gets up at, what was that? I don't know. I should check. And uh, I look at a messenger, and it's a guy that I don't know from Iraq. And it says, when is a good time to be talking about Jesus? <laughs> In two hours. <laughs> so, um, so I ended up calling this guy, and he was like, brother, are you, are you a preacher? I'm like, preacher? No, I'm not a preacher. Not that there's anything wrong with being a preacher. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not a preacher. Why do you think I'm a preacher? Because I see you baptizing people. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking? I'm like, oh my goodness, on the Facebook page. He's been following the Five Stones Facebook page. And I'm like, okay, well, my first thought was not today, ISIS, right? So I'm like, but I look, I'm, so I, I Facebook stalked the guy, obviously, right? And I'm like, who is this guy? He knows Muhammad. He's friends with Muhammad. So of course, I check Muhammad. I'm like, yo, who's this guy? He's like, oh, it's my cousin. They're all cousins. Uh, I, so... I'm like, yeah, but he's like your real cousin or like your cousin, cousin? Oh, he's my cousin. Okay, no problem. So he's like, you need to, he, then that guy asked me, when are you coming to my country? I'm like, all right, Lord, I guess we're going. So like within like, like I don't know, a month, we're on the, on the plane, wheels up, <laughs> headed, to, headed to Kurdistan. And uh, so we rolled into Kurdistan, and this is some of the stuff that God has allowed us to get in contact with. There's a group called PCCR, Plain Compassion Crisis Response, right? You guys familiar with those guys? Um, Mennonite organization. That's who originally started kind of getting us plugged in to meet, meeting some people. Um, so Chimisco Camp, when we first got there, it, be, it burned down. And uh, 20, 20, 20 tents burnt down that morning as we, as we landed. So right away we walk in and like it opens up a massive conversation because these people have no idea who they are. All of their stuff is burnt, gone. All of their identification cards, everything. Everything they own, burned up in a heartbeat. They're all, so the tents, the UN tents, right? But they're like oil. Like they got like a, a thin coating of oil on them, I guess for waterproofing. So they go up like a tinderbox. And so, <clears throat> so it, they lost everything. So of course they're like, leads right into the question, well, who are you? Well, I'm, well, how do you know? So the conversation with the Muslim begins with a simple question, well, who are you? And so they're like, I don't know why God would do this. I'm like, listen, God, God had ordained a meeting for us to sit and chat. So let's talk about God. So I've never heard a better gospel presentation than Joel, who couldn't make it tonight, um, share the gospel um, at that camp. And an attentive crowd... Not hostile. Comple like, now, you understand Kurdistan is slightly different than southern Iraq. Does that make sense? So in Kurdistan, there's Christians and <clears throat> Yazidis and, and Muslims. And, you know, there's, so there's, uh, there's some religious freedom there, if you will. So the conversation is able to happen. But again, God opens up some crazy doors, some awesome doors. So through this, we were able to meet some <laughs> high-level officials with the Peshmerga. So if you look on that top, that top photo, that is General Barham. Do you know General Barham by chance? Okay. General Barham is 
like the like the one of the overall commanders of Peshmerga forces, and his we went to meet him in Saran. Saran is on is towards the Iranian border, and just so happens that your guy Grady Pickett helps us and helps others uh, smuggle Bibles into Iran. Uh, so awesome connection. So this guy was like, you come, you train our guys, teach them ground fighting stuff, some medical stuff. And he's like, and you can have access to my country up top. I will, you can come go as you please. Um, and, and we're like, well, what about weapons? He goes, yes, carry weapons. Sounds good. The guy below him, he was one of the guys, <clears throat> the guy in the white shirt. This is, he's a major now, he was a captain then. Uh, captain Muhammad, or Major Muhammad, I have no idea where I know this guy from, and I, I don't know if he's confused or I'm confused. But uh, when we came in, he was like, brother, and he brings us in, and he's like, you come to my house, you don't buy a hotel, you stay here, you know, you stay, you stay here. So we're like, oh, great, you know, thanks. And uh, he is like a small, smaller-scale commander of Peshmerga forces. But um, he is related to the woman in the black hood right, the black uh, hijab. She is Dr. Sarah. Dr. Sarah's father was assassinated by Saddam Hussein years ago. Her father was best friends with President Barzani. So she is direct access to President Barzani. All of these contacts were made through interpreters, through PCCR, that were just like, hey, you should meet these people. So we're like, all right. So we prayed about it, and off we'd go. We met Dr. Sarah, and Dr. Sarah was like, we need shoes for the children. That's General Barm. Um, <clears throat> we're like, all right, well, let's go buy shoes. All right? True religion is what? Take care of the widows and the orphans. It's not a suggestion. Right? And now, there are widows and orphans here. But again, if I say to them, go, well, be fed. Go have, have some warm feet and do nothing for them. I'm just a resounding gong. So, we were able, with Dr. Sarah, we, we went down to the, to the market and she gets a handful of shoes. Right, and she's got like an arm full of boxes of shoes, and she's like, "Is this is this right?" And we're like, "Well, are they the are they the ones you want? I don't know." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "Okay." And she's like, "Is is this too many?" And we're like, "Too many." I'm like, "No, we thought we were gonna fill the truck." And she's and she starts crying. So we're like, "Yeah, these are the ones you want." We're like, "Well, how many cases do these you have?" <laughs> so, um, the guy that went with us. Let me back up for a second. This guy. Um, so General Barm's in the middle, I'm next to him, and then the other short dude with the tattoos down his arms, his name's Skyler. Skyler owns a supplement company in Lebanon, and uh, he had been saved about two weeks or three weeks prior to this trip. He ended up getting baptized in, in the Tigris River on the Syrian border, which is pretty awesome. But uh, he brought a wad of cash with him, a couple thousand dollars. And uh, so as we're starting to plan this stuff, he gets a phone call, and uh, he's like, he's like, he, you can see it in his face, like, oh, no. 
And he's like, dude, they called him, and his, his buddy called him and says, they trashed your rental. It's, it's done. Like, it's, it's a complete rebuild. It's going to be, it's going to cost you between three and $4,000. And he's like, all right. So he tells me this, and I said, pull out that wad, pull out that wad that you got in your pocket. I'm like, how much you got there? <laughs> 3500 bucks. And he goes, let's go buy some shoes. I'm like, amen. So I'm like, and that doesn't, it doesn't take care of everything, obviously. But I'm like, dude, this, I feel like, and I don't know why I thought of that, other than the Holy Spirit saying, yo, there's, this is not about money. This is about obedience, right? And so when we're obedient, God opens up some crazy doors, some awesome doors that would not happen. These guys here, there's, this is the guy on the far right. <clears throat> That's the guy that wanted to know about Jesus at 3 in the morning. guy next to him is Delo. He was in the FBR movie. Uh, there's Muhammad. And then the middle guy is Joel. I met Joel through the Pagan Motorcycle Club. Um, I'll tell you that in a second. Um, Eddie. Eddie was a SWAT officer in Virginia. And there's Omer. Omer is Asaish, which is like their secret police. So he hangs out with us a lot, and then obviously the ugly dude's me. But through Dr. Sarah and Muhammad, they speak the language, and we can say, hey, let's go distribute food. So we get some food distribution stuff to the Yazidi people. The Yazidis were persecuted terribly by ISIS, and they were living in these partially constructed homes. And so... uh, Whatever we could put together, we, we, we found out how many families there were and, and were able to do this. Now, you got to understand, everything that we've done to this point is funded all on donation, right? So it's God's people. This is, this is church making this stuff happen. And so we are super grateful that God has allowed us to see. Because honestly, there comes a time sometimes in my life when, when I was kind of like, man, like, where is the church? And God's like, it's here. You just ain't looking in the right place, bro. Okay. And then sometimes he says, you're the church. I'm waiting for you to step out in faith. So local churches, individuals, and organizations were able to distribute to 15 different families, right? They've been placed since 2011. They're still there today. In those bags, you see those orange bags? A gentleman named Victor Marks, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Um, he does lions and lambs. Um, it, you squeeze the paw, and it plays music. It helps lower the heart rate, and then it shares scripture verse in their language. So he donated a bunch of those to us, and we were able to distribute. There's Muhammad again. Muhammad's just a weird dude, too. I love Muhammad. But, like, every time he sees me, he's like, Mr. Shin, I love you, how are you? And, uh, and he does this, like, head shake. And I'm like... Uh. <laughs> the dude's a hard warrior. I mean, he got shot in the neck and plugged it with his finger. I mean, like, it, yeah. Yeah, so it... Yeah. More Yazidis. There's the bags again. And so, there you go. That's how they're showing up at the border. Right? 
Now there's Dr. Sarah with the shoes. That's Dr. Sarah at her house. She invited us to her home. And typically, when you go there, everybody drinks tea. They, the clink, 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 clink. They say that's the sound of business, right? Well, we've been we've, at Dr. Sarah's house and at Captain Muhammad's house, uh, we had coffee. Apparently, that's reserved for family. And so when I, when I first took a drink, I was like, oh, that's... I look over at this guy, Omer, and Omer's like... I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what this means, but okay, like, I'm good. I know, they know what this means, but I don't know what the coffee means. I'm like, whatever. So he told me that. So before we went to meet General Barham, uh, Captain Muhammad said, when you meet Barham, you tell him, Salam Bashi, Mim Doskima. And I'm like, all right, Salam Bashi, Mim Doskima, Salam Bashi. Like, I remember, I'm trying to memorize this thing. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I have no idea what it means. But he's like, you tell him, and he will appreciate. I'm like, okay, I'll tell him. So... Salam Bashi is basically hello, right? How are you, essentially? Mim Doskima is he gave me his family name. So one of his majors gave me, and when I, so basically he's giving me his family's honor. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Lord. So what an inroad. What an inroad. And when I said that, <laughs> Barham looks over at, uh, at Omer, the guy who does this originally, he looks over at me and goes, and I'm like, okay. So, so God has allowed us, this is Janelle, Janelle on the left-hand side, that's Janelle, she's one of our, one of our fighters, I thought we have some females, the woman on the right is our interpreter's wife. Um, <clears throat> you want to get an opportunity to talk to people and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can do two things. At least I can do two things. One, right away, especially, especially unchurched people, you talk about mixed martial arts or fighting, right? It opens the door. Yeah, dude, I got a gym. You got a gym? Oh, yeah, let me tell you about it, right? And then sports ministry. Well, what's that mean? And then we'll say, yeah, God's allowed it to, God's allowed us, allowed the gym to send people to help others in other countries. Well, why would you do that? Well, God says, love God and love your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Right? I got a lot of neighbors. Right? Book of Joshua, it says, be strong. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Right? And I, I love the fact that he's like, the first time he's like, hey, be strong and courageous. Second time he's like, have I not told you? Right? So, this ministry has been one of those things for me that has allowed me to plug in, right? There's guys that maybe don't want to set foot in the church, right? We talked about that earlier. And girls that don't necessarily want to set foot in the church sometimes. But they'll come to a gym. It's not about the building, right? We know that. An act of worship is using your gifts and abilities to glorify God. If God's created you to be a fighter, when you go to fight practice, that's worship. This orphanage school was built by the Germans. Four guys showed up to document what was happening. And uh, they're like, we can't just document. We have to do something. 
So they sold her all their film and they built this school. These children, all their parents were executed by ISIS. There's Muhammad and Joel. So we have to hand out little stuffed animals. There was uh, uh, 37,000 people living in this refugee camp where these kids were. The other families basically adopted them and took them in. And we got to spend the entire day. They want us to come back and they're building a gym. And they want us to teach boxing so that the young kids won't ever be taken advantage of again. That's what they want. And I'm like, let's, let's do it. Extending a right hand of fellowship. Um, Bible smuggling, <laughs> you got that right? <laughs> Bible smuggling operations. This is stuff out of church. So awesome. I didn't know Marine either. I just found that out too. So, um, great, uh, great time. This is upstairs. So these guys... <clears throat> Where's the fastest growing church in the world? Iran. It's the most heavily persecuted church in the world. Sometimes we need a little persecution. But these guys, that's what they do. Revelation 21.8. But the cowards... the unbelievers, the vile, the murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake of fire that burns of sulfur, which is the second death. The very first thing that's listed is cowards. I think I'm preaching to the choir here, which I love. But so, my, in, in closing, pick one of these up, pray for us. Um, we'll be in the back with those, but um, when, when we look across history, right? You have, it's always been the Christian warrior, and I don't necessarily mean the guy carrying the gun, but the guy who's on his knees. I mean, I can't, I can't remember whose house it was we went to, but I was like, man, there's divots in the floor from that dude praying on his knees. And I felt ashamed. You don't need these to go to battle. Right? Every single one of you are called to be a warrior. Every single one, right? Jesus Christ, Lamb of God, but he's also the Lion of Judah, right? And when he comes back, that's who we're looking for. Now, if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's still that same warrior. Some of the most, the effective fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much, Obviously, I'm not a righteous man. I'm made righteous through Christ. Not on my own accord. There's nothing I could do. I, I failed a lot of things. Um, I am humbled by what God allows me to do. And so, again, pray for us.
uh, I'm going to turn this over to Pastor. And uh, listen, any questions first? Questions for me? Yeah, where's your gym located? Okay. Oh, let me come back. Okay. So, thank you for jogging that in my memory. So, Anvil, Pennsylvania, right? So, up by Lebanon Valley College, we are across the street from a college. How awesome is that? And when you walk out of our building, on the back wall, on the college, it says, and the truth shall set you free. Mike, all right, Lord, we're right where we need to be. That building was donated to us, 10,000 square feet. The guy came to a war room and was like, I bought this building two years prior. I didn't want it. I felt God telling me I need to buy this and use it for ministry. He's like, I have no idea what I was going to do with it. There was no roof on it. There was half, the, half of the walls were busted down. It was leaking. There was no floor, concrete floor. It was all chewed up, rotted wood. And uh, we walk in, and I'm like, yes, yeah, this is awesome. I'm like, I can't pay for this. Like, there's no way. I'm like, this is cool. I'm like, it's a really neat place. And he's like, no, you don't understand. He's like, I'm going to pay for this. I'm like, wait. And, and of course, <clears throat> I'm trying to get emotional for a second. Um, I'm like, this is, like, this is a massive undertaking. And he's like, ain't my money anyways. All right. It's a million-dollar project. And, you know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? And so through this, it's been amazing to see the relationship between that man and the fighters in the gym grow. I mean, the man's got a heart for the lost. And it's so awesome to see him come. And he, he's 60, 65? How old is 60 what? 64. 64? And he comes in and he'll mix it up with our guys. I mean, he doesn't get in a cage. I'm not saying he gets in the cage. But like he'll, be, he'll be walking and he'll be like poking and prodding a little bit. You know, and the guys give it back to him a little bit. So all the... All the all you sitting out there, they're like, man, I, that's really cool, but that's not my you know, cup of tea. If you got gray hair in your head, that's called wisdom. And we need that. The world needs that. Everybody that's in their, their own personal fight, they need that. Right? Go to battle on your knees. Engage your neighbor. Pray for this. Pray for us. Pray for them. But so this gentleman, I said, well, what can you do for rent? I'm like, I can't, I can afford rent. That's 10,000 square feet. That's a big building. And he's like, you pay me taxes and utilities. So praise God. One last story and I'll turn it over. Joel, I met Joel through the Pagans Motorcycle Club, right? Um, you guys familiar with the Pagans? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So uh, um, at, when we first started Five Stones, it was basement to a garage from a garage to a warehouse with no heat no running water and most of the windows were busted out and uh, I, I had a harley at the time and i pulled in it was in this back alley in lebanon on water street and uh i pulled in this parking lot and this guy pulls in next to me on a bike and i'm like oh okay so i turn my bike off he turns his off i'm like all right i'm like nice bike he looks over he's like I'm like, oh, whatever. So I put my kick to stand down, and uh, he, he does it too. So I get off my bike, and I'm like messing around a little bit like, what's this guy doing? You know? So I'm like, all right. So I walk down the alley, and he starts walking down the alley behind me. 
I'm like, oh, here we go. So I get to the door, and I, start, and I turn, I square up to him, thinking, I guess we're going to do this right here. And, uh, and he, he stops, and he's like, are you, are you going in there? I'm like, oh, yeah, let me get my key. So, so we're both going in the same spot, right? So I open the door, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, we rent the fifth floor. He goes, oh, we rent the, sec- the second floor. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so he's like, what do you got going on up there? I'm like, come on up. So it was one of those rocky elevators, like you get on and you close the thing, and right, pretty cool. And when you come up and it opens up, it opened up, and you, when you stepped out, the arcade was there. Um, we had a little elevated platform where we had our Bible study and, uh, and the mats and, and uh, some weights and stuff. And this guy walks in, and I, I just met the guy literally, like I said, 10 minutes before this. And, uh, and he's like, what is this place? And I was like, ah, we're sports ministry. And he's like, so you like punch people in the face in the name of Jesus and stuff? <laughs> I say, yeah, I guess something like that. And of course, he let a couple curse words fly. And then uh, and he was like, I, I got somebody you need to meet. I'm like, okay. So the next day, he brings up this guy, Joel. Joel comes up, doesn't say a whole lot. Um, and uh, turns out he was uh, Afghanistan war vet. 10th Mountain Division, and uh, so him and I kind of connected just on the, the military background thing, and then um, turned out he grew up a missionary kid in Liberia, and when he got out of, of, uh, of the army, he struggled with some different substance abuse stuff, and, and uh, um, he was just getting clean, and so this was like his connection, and uh, he is now on our board of directors, um, but the funny thing is, is Joel's like, yeah, man, we were peeing on their floor. I said, what? He said, yeah, remember that pipe? Because there was a so no running water, right? (laughs) So, but there was an old bathroom, so we're like, oh, well, the pipe's still connected, so it's good. (laughs) Turns out we were peeing all over their floor of the of the clubhouse for the Pagans Motorcycle Gang. (laughs) Yeah, they were gracious. I was surprised. So. so yeah, so anyways, I'll turn it over. Thank you for letting me share what God's been doing. Keep praying for us and talk to us in the back. Thank you, Shane. That's a great closing. <laughs> So uh, we're going to take our missions offering that we take every month, and um, so any place that you are partnered with, um, just make out your checks, or if you're needing an envelope, raise your hand, they'll bring one to you, and um, just you, you, you guys that have been so faithful in partnering with, with the work that's going on all around the world, you know, there is a harvest on that. And tonight, once again, we have more opportunity. We don't lack opportunity, do we? More opportunity to to be involved. And I'm glad that you came and shared because this year with everything being shut down, our trips have have not been happening. And so uh, keeping the world on our heart and um, in our awareness. So thank you for that. If you're making out a check, just make it out to Church of the Word, or CWI, if you're wanting an easy way. 
And um, 100% of your donation will go to wherever you designate it to go. If you don't designate it, it'll just go to our general missions fund and then disperse from there. Down in the lobby, you can pick up one of these. This is from uh, Larry. They're facing all kinds of new restrictions um, because of the increase in COVID cases. They're kind of locking things, partially locking things down. Their coffee house, which has been a source of income for them, has now um, is takeout only. Um, their church, they've had to move to the middle of the day because anyone young, 20 and younger and 65 and older is only allowed to leave their home between 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. And so it's a real short window, and so they're trying to, they're going to have their church then, and their young people's gathering then, and all, you know. So they've got all these different things that are going on, and I was talking with Larry on the phone, and he was just saying how people are so full of fear. And, and we know what that's like, because we watched it happen here. And um, it was several people in, in the church that got COVID, and so he's been dealing with uh, keeping people... Um, connected to the word right connected to the lord and um, so pick it up and you can uh, you can read all about it but take a hold of your offering and um, let's pray over it father i thank you that you are all knowing and all seeing and we just present this offering these gifts to you father and to the work that is going on around the world and all the different places here and abroad father and Father, I just thank You that You caused these finances to multiply and grow in the place that they're, that they're sent. That your, your people are able to accomplish what You've sent them to do. Father, I thank You for, for Shane and Rebecca and their family and the ministry of Five Stones. Lord, I ask You to empower them mightily. Give them that every need they have is met, is paid for. Father, that Your grace and Your anointing is on them in a very special way. I thank You for this in Jesus' name and Amen. Well, the ushers, they can uh, pass the baskets. So after the service, after our, our worship time, we're going to, once we dismiss, uh, be collecting some testimonies from those of you that were touched when Pastor Kurt was here with the Love of God seminar. So if you would like to, we're going to do that up here on the platform with a video camera and just a real short, you can, you know send some encouragement to him or, or let him know in what, how it affected you. And um, we're going to encourage him in that way. I did hear from him yesterday, you know, like I had told you, you guys made it possible for him to go to Finland and to minister to a horrible, horrible situation. I mean, it was horrible. The, uh, the child got hit by the, by the tram and they were picking body pieces of him out from underneath the, uh, the tram. And so just a, just a horrible situation. This is right in front of the church. It was a pastor's 12-year-old son. So they gathered him together and they took him into the church and um, they began to pray over him for him to be resurrected and healed. And um, they did that for about two hours. And while they were doing that, um, somebody went to the pastor's house to, to get his two children that had already gone home. And they didn't know that anything had happened right to their brother. And um, when these people show up at the house to pick them up, the, uh, 
the, they came in and they told the children, come over here and sit with us. We, we, need, we have something we need to tell you. And the children both said to him, are you going to tell us, I forget the brother's name, um, but are you going to tell us that brother went to go be with Jesus? And they're like, yeah, how do you know? And they said, well, a little while before they had arrived, they were playing, the two of them, and they both simultaneously saw their brother going up a flight of brightly lit stairs holding Jesus' hand. And so um, at about that same time, the mother of the children said the Lord told her that um, her child is, is with him and doesn't want to come back. And so they said, okay, well then we're going to just stop. And, um, and they didn't go on with uh, praying for his resurrection. But of course, there is the uh, trauma that was left behind. And so Pastor Kurt was able to bring change and really minister to the parents, the pastors, as well as the church, because, I mean, they'd all witnessed something pretty traumatic. And your offering, he said, made that possible, directly made it possible for him to go and do that. And so last night he was giving me that report. And um, again, so after the service, we're going to do that up here. And uh, we'll also have a time of fellowship downstairs for everyone. That uh, So if you're going to give a testimony, I would just like for you to kind of gather up here to the right maybe. And um, that way we know who we're going to be, be dealing with. Did you have something? Yeah, I feel like I have. I feel like the Lord wants to encourage somebody here tonight. And <clears throat> what I keep having on the inside is a, a quote from Winston Churchill. that says, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue the fight that counts. And I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it is you're facing right now, whatever individual this is, whatever you're facing, it's not over. It's not over. It's not all as it seems, but fight. Don't give up. Continue on. Have courage because he's with you. Keep on your course. He's with you. He's right there beside you. Get up. Continue. Better a day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be at the door of the house of my God than to live in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. He does not withhold the good from those who walk uprightly. Lord of hosts, or Lord of armies, you could say, happy is the person who trusts in you. That was found in Psalms 85. In Psalms 86, I'll read one more verse to you. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, abundant in faithful love to all who call on you. You know, that word that Jen gave about someone who needs to fight. Um, if that's you, I want you to just come up here. We're going to pray for you. Or maybe it's several of you. Stand over here. 
Kevin, you come with me. let him that's weak say I am strong there's something that's required of us and so weakness is a feeling alright but we know that the Lord has made us more than conquerors more than, than overcomers and so tonight as, as we pray for you expect that there is a strengthening happening on the inside of you alright that their Lord divinely touches you and that you go out tonight in a strength you didn't come in with. Shane, I want you to come. And uh, would you pray for... Is this me? Is it this one? Um, I would like for you to pray for each one. And Jen is going to join you. struggle is not against flesh and blood, Lord. And so, Lord, we just come, we come to you, Lord, in, in perfect peace, knowing that you have already won the fight. And we just give this to you in Jesus' name. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus again. We just for Elizabeth, Lord, we just pray, Lord, for our confidence, knowing that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, we know that that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last, the beginning, the end, Lord. And so, God, we pray for for her faith. We pray, Lord, that you would just encourage her, build her up, Lord, that she would know that she knows. God, we know that circumstances don't dictate who you are, Lord. And God, you've seen 
the beginning and you've seen the end. You've ordained her life. And Lord, I pray that as she walks out of here tonight, that you would just give her that renewed confidence, Lord, that good, that, 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 that feeling that she knows that she can turn to you because you are the good, good father. And again, we just thank you, Lord, for, for your many blessings. Be with her as she goes on her way. In Jesus' name. Amen. that you reveal the lies specifically reveal the lies that she's entertained so that she can reject them I just impart new strength new courage new faith put the questions to rest relax in his love relax in him and in his presence New life, new life, new life. Come forth, new life, new life, new life. I just sense that that there's a place that God's bringing you in faith. That there's a time that you felt like you didn't have faith. And that God is bringing you, you are stepping into a time of faith. So let faith arise, Father God. I declare that faith would arise in her in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray that as she hears the word, Lord God, faith would arise in her in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that, that she is a woman, Father God, that would put the word before her daily, Father God, and that faith would arise, Father God, and it would triumph over the lies of the enemy in Jesus' name. Father God, we come before before you, Lord. We just we pray against any any type of principality, powers, rulers, any type of attachments, any type of uh, family um, generational sin, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would just break that that chain. That you would that you would, you would bind bind whatever whatever is is there that's hanging on. Lord, I pray that you would just get it out. In the name of Jesus, Lord, pray for our family. We pray, Lord, that you would just um, that you would just step in and show up mightily, Lord. I pray that uh, that that any addiction, any uh, any anything that's that's holding them them back, Lord, from from you, Lord, that you would just erase that and that you would just soften their heart, so that when the word is spoke, they would hear 
and they works out. So we thank you, Lord. We love you. Jesus. I've been with you in the heartache. I've seen your tears, and I've been right beside you. Don't ever doubt me. I've never failed you. I've never failed anyone. The pressure may be hard, but I am right here and I love you so much. Rest in me. on me. Fix your gaze on me. I am your peace. of you standing uh, you were standing and you were holding a trumpet and you were blowing a trumpet in victory 
um, the Lord says that the breakthrough, the victory is in your mouth, son. The breakthrough and the victory is in your mouth. Speak it forth, declare it forth, and it shall be done for you. around you will, will grow and he wants to use you in the gifts of the spirit he wants to flow through you to the body so continue on continue on there's freedom in this place tonight for you there's freedom in this place tonight in his name is Jesus, set you free. And the blood that he shed for thee, there is freedom in this place. My son, it's time for you to shine. Oh, my son, it's time for you to shine. 
it's time for you to rise and shine there is freedom power by the Spirit of the Lord with justice and courage. Right, make that your daily confession. Look yourself in the eye in the mirror and, and declare that over yourself. Micah 3.8 God, I pray for Blake, Lord, pray, Lord, that you would break his heart and bring him under submission to you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would just give, that he would just give his heart to you and, uh, and give over that aspect of his life, Lord, that, uh, that has, has him in bondage. Lord, he might see it as freedom, but Lord, we pray that it would, it would be, that those chains would be shaken off and that, uh, that true freedom will be brought to this marriage. We ask this in Jesus' name. is not fatal and when you walked up um, I knew I was to say to you that you haven't mucked it up you haven't messed everything up it's not over it's not over courage new courage new courage the victory is in your mouth stop looking at what is obscure stop looking at what seems impossible look to the promise look to what is possible speak what is possible lord i ask that you just fill her with a new courage to fight a new courage to continue a new faith and trust in you and your word and the finality of your word that love never fails and that love conquers conquers all 
I ask, Lord, for new revelation on what it means to walk in love, what it is to show love in the midst of hurt. I thank you that you're doing this, starting it right now tonight, Lord. The Lord would like to encourage everyone tonight, not just those who came up here. In Isaiah 40, verse 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But, but the Lord, they who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and shall not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord, that's like a waiter serving at a table. They're attentive. They're listening. They're, they're standing by. They're available. They who wait upon the Lord, they'll not be weary. They'll not faint. They'll run and fly like eagles. That's a word for the Lord, from the Lord for you. These are the times to stand and fly and run with the Lord. Wait on him. Spend time with him. Intentionally, he will strengthen you. He will give you wisdom. He'll do everything and anything that you need in your life. He is just waiting. Amen. I'm going to give you uh, Psalm 66, verse 12. As you let men ride over our heads, we went through fire and water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment, or some translations say to a place of satisfaction. So you might feel like you go through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. That's possible. Okay. That's your future. All right. So take a hold of that promise. Yeah. Okay. Amen. say, I am strong in the power of his might. His word works mightily in me. I believe him. Amen. 
Well, one way we love God is we love on one another here. We ask each other, is there anything you need prayer for? We hug each other. We tell each other. We love each other. All right, so do that. Everyone's invited downstairs. We have a time of fellowship. Okay, Gene, why, why don't you come? Am I on? Yeah, I just wanted to announce that Michelle Berger has come into the world to change the world at 7:13 tonight. So. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming to Church of the Word here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We're glad that you're here. Do you know that we can peek into the eternal realm of heaven and see what's going on there in the book of Revelation? Their worship in heaven is something that the Lord wants a reflection of in his family here on the earth. We're one family, the book of Ephesians says. We're not two, we're one. And in the book of Revelations, chapter 4, this is the worship that's going on. And the four beasts, and each of them, six winds, six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rested not day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him, they sat on the throne and liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. And they casted their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. And I beheld, and behold, and I heard a voice of many angels around about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the numbers of them were 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as they are in the sea and they that are, are heard and I heard them saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever and the four beasts said amen amen and the four and twenty elders fell down on their face and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever this is the worship going on in heaven to a 
a king who is worthy of our worship. Amen. Is the Lord faithful? Yes. He is, isn't He? Forever. You know, for a thousand generations His blessings go. And His covenant is forever. And so we are confident tonight in this. We are confident in our standing before Him. We are confident that the righteous have the ear of the Almighty. And that there's nothing that we have to prove. There's no works that we have to do to be able to get an audience with Him. But He has promised His audience that His ear is open to us, the righteous. And So we're going to take a moment right now. We're going to pray before we send the children off to their classes. Uh, right now, or at 6 p.m. a few minutes ago, in the, uh, the Pennsylvania House and Senate are having a closed-door caucus meeting about advancing the resolution to deal with all the corruption that's been going on in this election. And so we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for strength, for wisdom for them. And um, we are, you know, the Lord's ear is open to us. This isn't as hard as parting the Red Sea. This isn't as hard as bringing the children of Israel out. With our God, He can do anything. And if we, the righteous... We'll put our petition into Him. And we believe His Word. I believe we can see history change tonight. You know, there's a saying. It says, as goes Pennsylvania, so goes the nation. And it's been said by other senators from other states that if Pennsylvania makes this decision, probably the others will follow. So we are going to set precedent tonight. So let's just pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in English. Father, we lift up Pennsylvania to You. We lift up our senators and our House of Representatives. Father, I ask You for Your Spirit of Truth to prevail in this caucus meeting right now. Lord, that You open up eyes to see truth. That the fraud is exposed. Lord, I ask You to give great courage and boldness to every representative. That they see with clarity the vote they should put. That they see with clarity truth, Lord. We stand with you, Father, with your truth. Lord, we call Pennsylvania into righteousness, into integrity. Father, we call Pennsylvania in alignment with the constitution of this nation, in alignment with your word. Father, we establish tonight that tonight is a night of change. That tonight it turns in the name of Jesus. I bind every demonic force and spirit that would come with fear against these people, these representatives, these senators. Father, I bind them. And Father, we send your spirit of peace upon them. Your spirit of knowing upon them. Your spirit of discernment and understanding and wisdom would prevail in that room. And I thank you for it. Father, I thank you that this nation is not at its end, but it is stepping out in a new way. We are going to be more effective in your word, more effective in being the missionaries you've called us to be, more effective in taking your gospel to the ends of the earth. That's what this nation is established for. That's what we're going to do, Father. And we thank you for your help in it. We thank you for equipping each one of us to take our place in it. In Jesus' name, and amen. Someone shout victory!
When George Washington squared off against the super world power of the time, Great Britain, it was impossible. He didn't even have half of the people's support of this country at that time. And he raised that flag up above his ship called an appeal to heaven. And that was his hope. And we know how it played out, right? We stand in this free nation today because of it. So it's no different for you and I today. We, we have the authority to declare things, to believe things, and that's how we're going to just decree it tonight. Victory. Well, welcome again to Church of the Word International. It's good to be with you all tonight. We'd like to recognize anyone that's with us for the very first time. So if you're here for the first time, can you just wave at us here and we'll welcome you. Got a couple right there. Good to have you with us tonight. That's an information card. If you would like to fill it out, you can put that in the basket. If there's any prayer requests that we can agree with you, uh, feel free to share those with us. Um, If you need a cash envelope for your giving, raise your hand. The ushers will see that you get one. And turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. We're going to return the tithe to the Lord this evening, but I want to encourage you in your sowing and reaping, the matter of sowing and reaping. There's two sides to that. That you be spirit-led. You know, we're not led by the external. We're not led by what we see in the natural. And so this was the scripture I felt we were to read tonight. So this is a spiritual law, right? God's the one who's put this into motion. And it's up to us whether we partake of it and enter in or act on it or not and reap the benefits of it. It says in verse 1, says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on the earth. Now this is interesting because... A lot of people, if they say, hey, you know, bad times are coming or disaster's coming, they're not going to say, oh, give more. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, maybe we better give five portions or, hey, maybe even four. You know what? Maybe just hold on to it all because disaster's coming. This, what this is saying is, is, hey, so, come on, get some more out there. You need a crop coming. If disaster's coming, you need to be able to have a harvest coming your way, Right? Verse 3 says, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. So are there some things, some distressful things that we could observe that could halt you from acting on this? What he's saying here is if you are looking at the external, if you're gazing on those distressing things and, you know, the things that would obscure, if you're only moved by what you can see or cannot see, you're not going to sow. And if you're not going to sow, neither are you going to reap. So we trust in the Lord. Amen? So we're not, we don't lean on those things. We don't lean on our reasoning and what we can see or not see. We lean on his leading and what he has said. Amen? Amen. All right. So take a hold of your tithes, your offerings, and let's pray over that. Father, we're so grateful to you tonight. We just present you our offerings. We present you our tithes because we love you and because we want to honor you. 
And I just thank you for your promises. I thank you that Abraham's promises are ours. And I thank you for the harvest that's coming to the account of the people. I thank you that all their needs are met according to your word. In Jesus' name, and amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets. And the people will give to the Lord. All right, if you have a bulletin, there's a couple of things that we want you to notice. We have a Christmas party coming up. And so we do need you to sign up if you're planning to be there so we have enough food for everyone. Also, thanks for all those that helped decorate the church. Isn't that a beautiful decorating job? We're thankful for those that helped in that. Um, And if you're wondering, so every year we do a Christmas outreach here at CWI. If you're wondering what that is this year, we are giving it to um, Water Street Mission. So... Every $2.59 feeds an individual. So if you would like to um, participate in that, in that missions giving, you can just memo your check. Um, you can put it into the regular offering, but just make sure you memo your check. Or if you want it in a separate envelope, just make sure you have Water Street mission, um, missions giving or whatever marked on that really nice and plain.